0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and today we're talking about the 2019 film The Lodge, directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala, and starring Riley Keough, Jordan, uh, sorry, Jaden Martell, Leah McHugh, and Alicia Silverstone. This movie is about a woman and two kids who get stranded in a lodge uh, during a blizzard and come under some extreme hardships. Uh, Brian, was this on your radar at all?
1: Yeah, people have been talking this up on Twitter for quite a while now. Yeah, and I thought
0: someone on our Discord server too was
1: like really ex- excited to see this coming out. Yeah, I think maybe that was Blake. This is this type of movie yeah. is his jam. Yeah, uh, that's good. He's into like uh, what like grief movies or
0: uh, out in the nature kind of movies. Yeah, like depressing dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, that's kinda like the big genre here, depressing dark stuff.
1: Yeah, I've heard um, I've heard the term misery porn thrown around. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if that's like a loose definition and I've heard it applied to things that are not horror, but I in my mind that fits this movie fits into that bucket. I feel like the year 2020 fits into that bucket. Right, those exactly. <laughs> but like I would yeah. compare this to like Hereditary, It Comes at Night, maybe even totally. the Black Blackcoat's Daughter, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, yeah. It had a very like 824 vibe to it, which I feel like a lot of those movies are. Right, yeah. To me, it's just like films that, <laughs> I don't mean to reveal my hand or anything, they kind of wallow in their own grimness and bleakness. Yeah. Yeah, and totally. and like not to spoil anything for this. Well, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> I've got more to say about this genre, but it's typically it follows a certain format. It's basically like this cold family drama that we've been seeing. That's all the rage and horror these days right yeah that, that's what i uh was picking up on is uh this this does really feel
0: like a very familiar and recurring uh theme now that with the, like hereditary um and a lot of the the misery porn i guess that that we're seeing um do you generally like these styles of movies or
1: this type of storytelling or these types of horror films in general generally no like i like a lot more levity in my movie um mm-hmm. my movies but some of them can have like a single shining light or a a certain aspect that has a lot of heart to it. And that can redeem the whole movie for me. Yeah. Um, one movie that you could compare this to is The Shining, which Interesting. the way Stanley Kubrick interpreted that film, that was like a pretty cool, icy family drama. But between Danny and uh, his mom, oh my gosh, why am I Shelley Duvall's character's name? Oh man. Ooh. My brain doesn't work anymore. <laughs> but they're like kind of the heart of the story and that's enough for me to like love that movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wendy. I guess that's important uh, cuz in these movies you do end up spending a lot of time with like one or two characters and on the conflict and grief they're going through. So it's like it, it is important that you're
1: pretty vested in them and, and like rooting for someone, I guess. Right. And um I don't I haven't seen it name dropped specifically to this movie, but I feel like don't look now is often Brought oh. up in the discussion on these movies, like these family dramas that are trending as a spiritual yeah. predecessor to this type of movie. But that one had yeah. a lot more levity and charm and like a loving relationship. Between the couple? Yeah. Yep. Like they had their, their moments too and they were grieving, but yeah, it wasn't just utter bleakness. That's true. Yeah. From what I remember, it's been a little while. I mean, I know they have a loving relationship, because do you remember that like epic sex scene that's like six minutes long? Shoot, I don't, but now I kind of want to go back and check <laughs> this
0: out. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, though. That one I feel like didn't hit you over the head so much as like some of these more recent ones um, do.
1: Uh, Duck would also be in this category, right? Um, I don't know about that. I- I'd hesitate to put that in this bucket. Really? Not bleak enough. okay so we're just talking about like really bleak like almost like
0: outside of the story and and like what's going on but more just like movies that focus on just being really depressing
1: and making sure you know how depressed everyone is Uh, yeah yep like beating you over the head with how depressing everything is and a lot of times too like you bring up a good point it may not just be in the story it might be in the atmosphere the mood the music the lighting uh like the composition of the shots like this movie for example has a lot of blank um like set deck like it's Mm -hmm. really sparse and cold and everything's like white or gray or brown yeah right um very much like the killing of a sacred deer and uh timios bakatakis is the cinematographer for both movies
0: oh wow no kidding between both of this and and the killing of the deer of a sacred deer
1: yeah can you kind of see that now that you hear that yeah see the similarities
0: yeah, now that you mention it, uh, I, yeah, I do feel like visually uh, with some of the, the tonal patterns and stuff, uh, I, I could kind of imagine that.
1: And uh, these directors together as a team did Goodnight
0: Mommy. Oh, yeah, right. And that one, I actually I thought that was like a lot brighter of a film uh, visually than, than this one. Like, wasn't most of that in the daytime?
1: Yeah, that was like a very like sunshiny summertime movie, but again, very bleak.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what they say about, like, the Austrian summers. I mean, that's that's probably
1: what's going on there. <laughs> Sunny yet bleak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is the English that's... translation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Australian filmmakers, uh, goodnight, mommy, which, uh, I, it's weird, because would you, I, I don't know if I would count that in this category, would you?
1: I think I might. Hmm, okay. Like, nobody seems to be happy with each other, like maybe there is an existing relationship that is not uh, a broken relationship, but it's not necessarily a healthy relationship. Uh, I see. Yeah. like right. I think you can find that pattern in most of these movies. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And like a strained um, relationship is a common theme of a story, but for right. no characters to like really show any love or affection for each other is a, a key point in these movies to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like that's the foundation of what these movies are built on is, is like these uh, broken relationships between people and how that manifests into uh, horror. I mean, isn't a broken relationship like one of the scariest things uh, people encounter on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yes, yeah, and I agree. I mean, that's a bit an important plot point of so many movies, so many great movies and even happy movies, but these movies don't have a single healthy relationship throughout the film or like it's even hard to picture a past where the relationships were healthy sure um (laughs) and like nobody has any love or affection for each other it seems it's not like a loving caring family going through something traumatic it's sure miserable people that something miserable happens to and then the entire second act is them dealing with the fallout of that miserable thing that's fair yeah and then in most of them at the climax of the movie, things get even worse and stay that way. <laughs> so
0: you're you're already kind of starting from like a broken point and You're just getting worse, and this kind of like limited sense of hope. Like I mean, you, you were never like had a healthy relationship to begin with. That you can right exactly. Back to.
1: It's not really a uh, like a an arc of ups and downs. It's just downs, down, 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 further down. But as a viewer, is any part of you thinking,
0: well, you know, this might end up where, you know, they're going to be back in the Australian, uh, or the Austrian, uh, sunshine or something at some point.
1: Right. And that's one thing that can, can keep you interested.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. Totally. Yeah. You're, you're, it starts off pretty pessimistic and there isn't a lot of hope in these, uh, scenarios. Right. Right. Um, and,
1: uh, Riley Keogh of course was in, it comes at night. One of the right. movies that you could drop into this bucket. Exactly. Uh, I yeah, know I I, I'd say I... bucket so much
0: in an episode <laughs> This one's full of buckets <laughs> um, She's Elvis's granddaughter, right? Yep I think his That's... eldest living grandchild I, I guess she's getting branded as a bit of a scream queen Because uh, she's done like It Comes at Night Hold the Dark, which I never saw in this film And may- maybe another horror film or two um,
1: wh- What do you think? You like her? I think she's great, man I, I think she was really good in It Comes at Night even though yeah. I wasn't wild about that movie. Um, and she was really great in this. This was a very good performance.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's pretty talented. Um, definitely, yeah. like, a yeah, a, a good uh, good actress on screen
1: and uh, kind and of good to hang out with. Um, and it's interesting, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, horrible things will happen if you hang out with her. <laughs>
0: yeah, apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. But it's interesting to see somebody like this who could really just get by on their name and their looks and take all these, like, really deep dark parts and just crush it right yeah yeah
0: yeah it's almost like she has a knack for uh, taking those on and just like owning them right um and then yeah I, I, another familiar face in this one i thought
1: it was uh Jaden uh, Martel from it I, he's getting around quite a bit yeah he was in knives out too right he is i think i just saw some other thing on imdb a preview for a thing that's coming out with him oh okay i don't know if it was a show or a movie it was like the banner ad yeah. But yeah, he's he's blown up a little bit. Right. And he's good. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's pretty versatile. I like him. Um and I, oh yeah, now,
0: now that you mention uh the connect uh uh or the similarities with uh the sacred the, what was that movie called? The Killing of a Sacred Deer. <laughs> the Killing
1: of a Sacred Deer.
0: Yeah. So that sacred also had deal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> The Killing of a Sacred Deer.
0: <laughs> That's Donald Trump's theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh that also had a cameo by Alicia Silverstone. Which,
1: is, yeah, it's funny. Yeah.
0: Is is this like just what she does now? Like just randomly shows up for like five minutes in a horror film?
1: Her IMDb page
0: is still pretty dense. Wow, that's good. Good for her. So yeah, I don't know small roles. Yeah, yeah, it must be. Um, yeah, it's also weird to see her because she looks familiar, and I can never replace her, and then it's like, oh shit, that was Alicia Silverstone.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's weird because I I always feel like it's her, but then I'm like. Is it really her? Like, I don't know why I have a hard <laughs> time believing it. I mean, she looks almost the same. Yeah, yeah, she
0: does. Yeah, she, hasn't, she hasn't changed that much. I guess it's just been a long time uh, since we've seen her, like, in a full role. Right. Um, movie had, a, it seems like, a long road to release. It, it came out uh, 2019 early. Uh, I feel like January, February, it was at Sundance. But then it didn't really hit uh, the box office or the theaters until February of 2020. And then it kind of is now on streaming on, on Hulu. So kind of, kind of a long road to getting
1: released yeah it was a little bit um and it never had a major box office or like a wide box office release it was a limited release in LA and New York and then two weeks later it expanded to 320 theaters hmm okay and 600 is the I think the common criteria for a movie to be considered a wide release 600 theaters yeah so this was far under that
0: yeah and then I guess straight to like Hulu then right um, was it on Hulu? Uh, that's, that's where I watch it. Yeah. It's streaming on Hulu for free.
1: Oh, geez. I paid money. Stupid uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> All right.
0: I'll, I'll, refresh the box office numbers tomorrow. I'm sure they went up by a few dollars. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, pretty, pretty small, small release, but pretty hyped up. I think, uh, just based on some people on our, I like
1: Blake on our discord, I guess. Yeah. A lot of buzz in the community about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: W- anything, uh, any other background do you want to highlight about it? Uh, this was a Hammer production. A Hammer production.
1: Hammer from like, a, you know, the the classic like Frankenstein, oh. Dracula movies they did with Christopher Lee. and.
0: Yeah. That production company's still around?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They like, I think they were on like a bit of a hiatus as far as making movies from what I remember. Um, yeah. But then lately they've done, in the past decade or two, they did like Let Me In, The Woman in Black, Winchester. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so this was a co-production between them and Film Nation Entertainment, which sounds familiar, but I can't say that I know much about. Got it, okay. And then Neon uh, was just like the distributing studio, is that right? Yes, yep.
0: Okay. Uh, Wow, yeah, that's wild. I I totally thought Hammer was out of the picture, but cool, they're still keeping up with modern films. Mm, They're still in the pictures. Yeah,
1: (laughs) good for them. (laughs) Uh, Anything else? Uh, I think all I got left is an Ohio connection, if we're ready to go there. Awesome. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Our Ohio connection, as always, recently is courtesy of Alex from the Jukebox Bar and Restaurant in Cleveland, Ohio. If you're in the Northeast Ohio area, swing by there and get, a, get some drinks in your car safely during these crazy times. Um, but anyway, straight from Alex. Riley Keough stars as the film's main character, Grace Marshall. She is the real life daughter of Lisa Marie Presley and musician Danny Keough, who also starred as Grace's father and cult leader Aaron. Oh, uh, right. Riley's, cr- I didn't get that he was her father in this. Um.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, I, yeah, I think it was kind of loosely implied, uh, but yeah, it
1: wasn't like a tight connection or anything. Okay, cool. Uh, Riley's career highlights include Mad Max Fury Road, It Comes at Night, Logan Lucky, and Under the Silver Lake. Her breakout role may come later this year in the highly anticipated film adaptation The Devil All the Time, based on the 2011 novel of the same name. The film follows disparate characters in post-World War II Midwest and features the star-studded cast, including Tom Holland, Robert Pattinson, Bill Skarsgård, and produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. The Devil All the Time is set in the city of Knock 'em Stiff, Ohio. <laughs> Knock 'em Stiff. <laughs> yeah. Bravo,
0: Alex. Yeah. Damn. Nice one. I don't yeah, know, I'm kind of excited one. to see that movie now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great is, cast. Is it, does that sound like a comedy or a horror film? Or what is that? I mean, Knock 'em Stiff, Ohio sounds pretty comical. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Some dark comedy in there, hopefully
0: yeah we'll see awesome yeah great connection future film coming up
1: yeah thanks alex
0: well um any anything else before we dive into our review and uh the plot and the spoilers
1: no let's get into it
0: all right cool uh so let's talk about the plot uh before we do that though do you mind if we take a quick break uh i think there's someone at my door and i just want to check it really quick sure all right i'll be right back Hey, Brian, I'm back. Yeah, everything okay? Yeah, sorry, it was just uh, they were dropping off our condo newsletter. Um, but I got some really shocking news. Uh, according to this month's newsletter, I've died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no longer alive. It was, they kind of printed it out on a flyer, so I don't know what to make of that anymore.
1: I'm embarrassed, man. I thought you knew. I, I would have told you.
0: Ah, man, you've known this whole time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote that. Oh, that you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No his man. his only friend is this guy he talks to on the phone. Maybe we can get him to write something.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: We gotta <laughs>
0: gotta reach out to this guy in North Carolina to get some words sure. about this guy. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, entertaining me all these months while I've been dead. Anytime, man.
1: <laughs> you just go to bed, wake up, record a podcast. Go to bed, yeah, wake I up, record a podcast. Exactly,
0: exactly. It's just been that on repeat every day. <laughs> Not and, uh, the worst afterlife yeah yeah well, I could be a nightmare, I guess, depending on how good our podcast is,
1: <laughs> yeah, <'Cause that's laughs> depending on how generally annoyed you are of me at this point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm your every waking hour
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know man this, uh this it's like Groundhog's Day, right? That's basically what, what's going on here, yeah, and maybe a big plot of this movie is Groundhog's
1: Day, yeah, I'm your Ned Ryerson. uh, was that Andy? <laughs> Are you, and you're falling in love with a man named Andy McDowell. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love
0: that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, should we talk about the plot and uh, yeah. the review? Okay, great. Yeah, let's get to it. All right. Uh, so this film opens up with uh, a view from inside of a dollhouse, uh, and, and this becomes like kind of a recurring image throughout the film. Uh, did this strike you as something very
1: familiar? Yeah, it's, it feels very much a hereditary ripoff.
0: Yeah, like within like two, three years of Hereditary, doing another dollhouse uh, metaphor.
1: Right, in a movie that is very similar to Hereditary in a lot of ways. True. Yeah, yeah. They um, so never yeah. really, I'm sure we'll get into it, but it, it never really followed through to me with this dollhouse stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely not to the extent like in Hereditary, I feel like they do a good job of uh, bringing that into uh, the story, but not so much in this one. right. Um, All right. well then uh, the movie opens with Alicia Silverstone, Um, she's taking her son Aiden and her daughter Maya, Uh, is it Maya or Mia? Mia. Okay, Mia, Uh, to stay with her estranged husband, uh, whose name is Richard. Um, Her husband Richard tells her that he's decided to marry his new love interest, Uh, her name is Grace, and at this point we just see, uh, uh, I guess from a distance, uh, a woman with brown hair walking out uh, of the backyard. So we don't really see Grace at this point, but but she's more mentioned, right?
1: Yeah, it's clear that she's just like leaving and snuck out the back. Yeah, right. Um, and we
0: know the kids are kind of like not really into her and, you know, obviously prefer their mother. Yep. Uh, but the next scene, unfortunately, their mother uh, goes home, has a glass of wine and pulls the gun out and shoots herself. So right away, this kind of throws us into the whole grief-trauma cycle. We're at a funeral, we're watching the kids cry, and they're kind of coming...
1: Uh, they're, they're, yeah, in a pretty terrible place, I guess. Yeah. So, so far, it fits the mold, unhappy characters <laughs> get more unhappy. Getting unhappy. <laughs> exactly. But boy, when she shot herself in the head, I, like, called out, audibly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. my stomach dropped. It was pretty, um, pretty rough. It was just so... Matter of fact, I guess.
0: I know, yeah, yeah. Just like casually sipping a glass of wine and just pulls out this gun and no like fanfare about it. This movie has very little music, it makes it much more cold and chilling, right? Yeah, yep, yep, definitely. Uh, yeah, see, that was kind of a shocking uh kill in the beginning. Uh, so then a few difficult months go by. Uh, the family is obviously grieving, the daughter and the son are taking it pretty rough. Uh, suddenly, the holidays are coming up, and Richard decides uh, that he wants his kids to go with him uh, and his uh, now fiance Grace um, to this lodge to spend some time and for them to get to know Grace. Uh, the kids reveal that they hate her; they, they they don't really like her. They probably blame her for like the breakup and what happened to the mother. And they also seem to know that she has this uh, history of uh, surviving this cult. Um, as a, as, as a young girl that she was, uh, there was this cult and everyone killed themselves, but she didn't, is that, is that your understanding?
1: Yeah. She's the only survivor of like a heaven's gate type suicide cult. Oh, right. I think the kids even say she's a psychopath and they say she's in your books, right? Which, yeah, I don't know what that means. If he researches that type of stuff or what I think, I feel like he was a journalist, but I can't remember what his job was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then that's something, uh, I want to ask you about later too. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to have that background on her to know that she's one of the survivors of this thing that happened years ago. Yeah. And we Um, get a scene of them Googling her and everything. Oh yeah. And they, they have this like whole found footage kind of thing that shows these bodies, uh, people killing themselves. Uh, and I think this was kind of our first scare, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, if you don't count the suicide, which was a hell of a scare, but yeah, that's first like, um, really horror movie esque imagery yeah right uh did did you like it or did you feel like it was
0: out of place or anything
1: yeah i sure i liked it it kind of reminded me of um sinister some of those tapes
0: yeah yeah i like that because usually i feel like movies go one way or the other where it's like not found footage and all uh just uh normal footage and then or all found footage so it was kind of a cool way to bring
1: that element in It was like the only time the movie really broke form, Um, and it was kind of refreshing, especially like looking back on the movie. Yeah, yeah, right. It's even more refreshing now that I know what the whole movie scape (laughs) was like. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air in the middle. Even though it was Uh, a super grim scene itself, but. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Um, so finally the kids do agree to go on this vacation with the soon-to-be stepmom, uh, and then we finally get introduced to Grace, which, you know, it's a, throughout this whole part, I mean, we're maybe like 20 minutes in, we haven't seen her, we've seen her like from the back, and then we see her like outside of a, a frosted window, and finally like the first time we're seeing her is like she gets into this car and she turns around, and that's when the kids see her. Did you like the way they slowly revealed her? I didn't give that much thought, but Sure. I I thought that was really cool like cuz up until this point she's just like a conversation item at, at some point uh before this too we see her standing outside of a window talking to the dad but we're just like kind of shown a shadowy figure so I thought it was really cool how they slowly like kind of brought us to this point
1: and then finally like she sits in the front seat and turns around and we so we see like oh that's Grace. Yeah, that's a good point. She almost like looms larger in the viewer's mind if we don't see her for a while. Yeah, yeah, right. They've kind of like created this whole image around her. Right. Which, yeah,
0: I think is a really interesting part of this movie is the the image of Grace versus, like, who she actually is, which I think is what we start to get into. So now that they get up to the lodge, um, which is in the middle of nowhere, and uh, you can tell things are pretty strained between her and the kids. Uh, they're not really, like, engaging with her. They're being pretty hostile. Obviously, there's a lot of resentment there. Uh, they, they bring up her mother, from their mother, from time to time. Uh, the house also has, like, a lot of religious paraphernalia around, uh, what did you make of like some of these opening scenes of like the house and like her interaction with the kids um that were you trusting her how How did you feel
1: i didn't know what to think, yeah, there was a lot of like Catholic imagery throughout the house mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if it was Catholic for sure it, it was definitely religious yeah um and something that actually made me pretty sad was there's a scene where the girl is crying in bed after her mom's suicide, and she's talking it over with her dad. Yeah. Um, And she's, like, screaming, she's not going to go to heaven. Oh, yeah, right. Which was something I was... I went to Catholic school K through 12, and that was something I was always taught. Yeah. If you kill yourself, you don't go to heaven. If you kill yourself, you go to hell.
0: Damn.
1: Which is just so, like, sad for anyone who... (laughs) I don't want to get too personal, but I, I do not identify as a Catholic anymore and see a lot of problems with it, sure. um, at least for myself and how it impacted me, like, whatever, Yeah, no, I won't get into it too deep or offend anybody, but that just makes me so sad that, that an organization would do that to someone who's grieving the loss right. of someone who took their own lives, like, yeah. Yeah, especially not, a kid, like, cool. trying to come,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, I can't imagine her trying to come to terms with that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's, like, this, uh, religious, uh, feel to the house, and it, that kind of makes sense now that you say that, that it, it might have been their family, uh, was very religious. But we know, uh, like, Grace is kind of, like, this outsider, and we know she has this, like, cult background. We also, like, know that she's on pills, and she has some, like, kind of weird behaviors, like when, um, her and, uh, the father, Richard, are making out, uh, she, like, starts giggling randomly. So, I think there's a lot of, like, distrust here in the beginning of, of like, Grace, and we kind of, like, think she might be... Suspicious.
1: I mean, did, did you feel that at all? Yeah, I mean, she's a little bit off. She seems harmless, but it's just yeah, a little odd. And the yeah. the interactions between her and the kids are very icy.
0: Yeah, very and icy, the kids
1: right. are not. You know, they're going through a lot, but they're not nice. Yeah, yeah, right.
0: I think as the viewer though, you generally like sympathize. Uh, like I kind of like hated the dad at this point. Like you know, oh, your the kids dad just, is
1: just a total dick. It's six months yeah. after their mom killed herself and he wants to spend christmas away from their home at this lodge right and like their friends and everything with the new his new girlfriend exactly exactly and then like adding on that he goes back to town
0: and he leaves grace to take care of the kids i mean this is this is kind of crazy because this is like the first time they're really like hanging out and yeah. it's like, yeah, you got to watch the two kids and try to bond with them or whatever.
1: Right, utterly ridiculous. Your your kids' first Christmas without their mom, and you desert them with this woman they don't know at exactly. a lodge, isolated from their community and their friends. Yeah. Uh, oh, and he like makes sure to show Grace where the family <laughs> gun is before he goes. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? And she I has know. a history of sleepwalking, which you would assume he knows if he's been with her. Right. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, we know she's a little off, and, and she has, like, some um, behavioral issues uh, from the nose bleeding and from the pills, and now, like, yeah, giving her that gun. It, it really felt
1: like he was, like, basically setting her up for something. The characters' actions in this movie are so very questionable. Yeah. And not based on, like, much of any reality I know. Yeah, yeah. Un-
0: unless there's something deeper going down here, which, uh, yeah, I'll have to... Talk- I'll have to ask you in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait. (laughs) So, yeah, so Richard. Yeah, exactly. This is all. None of this happened. (laughs) Uh, Richard uh, goes uh, to town for a few days. He's left Grace with the kids. Uh, It's pretty rough and awkward. It's a pretty tense situation there. But one night, it kind of seems like she's winning them over. Um, They're watching uh, movies, and uh, the daughter, Miag, is cold. So, her brother, Aiden, brings in a gas heat lamp. And Aiden also makes a, uh, a hot chocolate for Grace. Um, so it kind of seems like, oh, cool, he's warming up to her, and, and they're maybe you know they're moving past things or something. But then uh, Grace has some crazy dreams that night of sleepwalking and, like, waking up the ice. But she wakes up the next morning, and the whole place has been kind of cleared out. Like, the food is gone from the fridge, the TV's gone, the electricity's out, water isn't really running, uh, all the rooms have been just emptied out.
1: Which, uh, th- that was kind of a crazy thing to wake up to, right? I love that premise, like, that's a cool idea for a movie, like, what if everyone's in this lodge, and it's wintertime, and they wake up, and everything in the house is gone? Yeah, yeah, right, because, like, yeah,
0: cool idea, it's intriguing. Isn't it? Because, like, yeah, you don't know what happened, I mean, if someone broke in, is it
1: realistic they would have st- stolen everything and left you there, or, it's just, it's so confusing. Right, yeah, I mean, it's, like, the options are you're going through something supernatural, or someone is playing an elaborate prank on you, or... yeah. There were a lot of things I thought throughout this movie. Like, is the yeah. dad doing this? Did the cult find her somehow? Exactly. Is she sleepwalking and doing everything in her sleep? Right. Yeah, I know. I
0: I think that's like kind of where this movie uh, is is really good. Like compared to like other movies we've seen, the 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 level of suspense and mystery here uh, on like what had happened. I I feel like they carried this pretty well. Right. Yeah. Uh, at least for a little bit. Uh, so yeah, Aiden uh, tells Grace that. Um, He had this dream the night before that they all had died from that gas uh, lighter kind of burning the lodge down. Um, But Grace obviously thinks that's crazy and it it can't be the truth. But it kind of just puts another idea in the viewer's head, like, uh, I guess, another explanation, right?
1: Sure, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the next few days, Grace just kind of starts losing it. Uh, her medication is gone. So we can't, like, as Vera tell, like, kind of what's uh, actually going on or what's in her head. She's hearing voices of her father or, or from the cult uh, talking. Um, at one point, she tries to, like, venture out, and she ends up, like, walking in a circle and... Or um, I think she also, like, sees, like, this cross-shaped house. So there's a lot of, like, kind of weird stuff going on. And I think as a viewer, you're also confused. You don't know how much of this is uh, real, how much of it's in her head. Uh, is this place really haunted? I mean, what, what were you thinking the whole time?
1: Yeah, I, I, like, as I said, the possibilities, I thought, was that the dead was doing it the cult founder or she was doing it all in got her it. sleep. But, like, as far as her going in a circle, I just thought, yeah, she, she got disoriented. Okay, uh, so you, you thought one of the possibilities was they were all dead, though, right? Um, I didn't think that until... Well, actually, no, yeah, I did think that when he brought brought up his dream that the... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I kind of... I started to buy into that because that, that seemed, started to make a lot of sense. Right. Uh, but Yeah, um, especially
1: this scene where she just walks in a circle.
0: Yeah. That yeah, was kind of
1: confirming of the, okay, they're dead.
0: Yeah, like there's no escape from this. And then then it's like the icing on top, they come home, or she comes home, and Aiden, um, who's like, you know, been trying to like tell them, uh, convince her that they've died, uh, he finds a newspaper clipping, which has their obituary on it, and like shows that those three died on, on December 22nd or something. And then he also like goes up to the attic and hangs himself just to prove to her that like, look, I can't die, like I'm already dead, and we're all dead. So I think at this point, she kind of loses it. She runs outside. But while she's out there, she finds her dog frozen to death. And Mia comes out, and Mia kind of breaks into tears. And um, I think slowly, between Mia and Adrian talking, or Aiden talking, uh, they kind of reveal, like, oh, this whole thing was a prank. They really kind of stuffed all the belongings into the basement in a crawl space and have, like, set up this elaborate prank to convince her that uh, they had died.
1: What, What did you think of this? it's crazy (laughs) It's it's such a silly outlandish thing to put in a movie that takes itself so seriously yeah um i was a little annoyed by it but what do you think i i thought it was pretty
0: creative like uh these these kids went all out and we knew like they had a lot of resentment um and we knew, like, she was already kind of a, a you know, had a lot of uh, trauma historically, and um, might have been dealing with some uh, mental issues. So I, I feel like they—it was pretty manipulative the way they kind of combined these things, and, and what they did, like, wasn't
1: uh, too far-fetched. I thought, was it? To hide every single thing in the house while someone is sleeping. Oh, and, and uh, turn they had the electricity. Yeah. And, like everything. Yeah, and ma- I mean, yeah, I, th- I assume they drugged her a little bit, so she slept a little late. Yeah, I think they mentioned, like, sleeping pills and the
0: hot cocoa or something.
1: Yeah. And then to think that she wouldn't search the entire house to see if they hid stuff somewhere. To think there's a yeah. space in the basement where they could hide everything that was in the house, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, like, why would you... There's a scene before this where she's sleepwalking and comes into the room and she's holding a gun in her hand oh yeah i forgot about that why would you convince a crazy person who has access to a gun i i shouldn't call her crazy but a person with a traumatic past who's on medication convince her that she's already dead and that they can't die yeah that is so dumb i know they're kids but uh (laughs) like aiden's probably like 14 well, that's what I was going to say. Like, have you met teenagers? Like, these are the, the kind of dumb <laughs> yeah. things they do. But, like, you know when someone walks into your room and is standing over your bed holding a gun, <laughs> you know, the, you the joke f- is over. Like, do yeah. then show them, hey, look, none of us can die. Oh, yeah, that was right. I forgot that's that. That's the that stupidest that happened thing for... in the world. Like, that was before he did the hanging himself thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I agree. That, that part, like, he probably should have gotten the gun and then done that hanging himself thing
1: yeah i think that was before or if it wasn't that would be the point where you're like okay yeah no i think you're right i think that happened first um but yeah
0: yeah obviously uh terrible idea because now you've like convinced this woman um who you know has a lot of trauma uh and has had a cult experience that um that you've convinced her she's dead and like now, now they're trying to like tell her like you know we we're just kidding it was a prank but she's kind of too far gone at this point so,, um, I think what happens next, oh, yeah, so next, uh, we get a, a creepy scene of her kneeling down uh, by the fire and like burning her knees and maybe doing some kind of like, cult stuff where she like repents and confesses or whatever. Then, uh, the next day, the kid's really freaked out and like trying to hide in the attic, but the dad finally comes back and she's got a gun at this point, and he's trying to talk her out of it and say like, no, you know, everything's gonna be fine. And but she's convinced that they're all dead. And she ends up shooting the dad and killing him, and then she goes after the kids. And uh, the movie ends with the three of them sitting around, sitting around a dinner table, singing hymns. And uh, the last scene is of the gun, which is sitting on the dinner table, and it has a few bullets left, uh, probably for the kids, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that she's gonna. She has gone back into this like mental state she was in when she was a part of the cult, and that she's going to kill all of them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, which, yeah, damn, I mean, that's,
0: uh, I, I thought that was kind of a, a heavy ending. Um, I, I wasn't sure how far they were going to go if they were going to show the, the killings or not, but kind of nice to, like, end it on that open-ended note.
1: Yeah, open-ended, but but not really. Yeah, implied. <laughs> <laughs> open-ended <laughs> like in that it. we didn't see kids get murdered. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> which, I don't know, for me, like, this is one of the first films I've seen where I kind of wanted these kids to get murdered once I figured out... It was a, a prank they put on. Did did you get that feeling at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, did you like were any of these characters likable in any way? Even Grace, like she's ah. not that great of a person, like yeah. I, I
0: kinda I kinda liked her. I, I felt for her the whole movie. Like she was uh basically from her angle she fell in love with this guy and she's got a she's trying to like win over the family and basically they, they killed her.
1: Try to yeah right i guess they didn't and they did a few things to make her likable like she saved the girl's doll from the ice and fell on the ice trying to get it yeah um but yeah i don't know man yeah wait wh- what were your big uh <laughs> what were your big uh, issues here i just i'll probably sound like a broken record but i just i'm not interested in a movie where things start miserable get yeah. worse the rest of the movie is the fallout of how they got worse, and then <laughs> it ends with things being even worse than they you thought they could have been. Like, yeah, with no fun or redeeming qualities in the mid, like at least hereditary had some supernatural stuff that to me was like, all right, thank you. Like that saved this movie from just being a deep, dark pit of depression and gloom, but this sure. movie didn't have anything like that for me. You didn't find any kind of like hope or uplifting
0: uh, at the end of the film when like we know these kids and and this dad who's been like a terrible decision maker uh, and and these kids who've been like playing this terrible prank on this person, kind of seeing her come into this role where yeah, she kind of thinks they're all dead, but like the last scene of her sitting down knowing she's going to like kill these children, uh, that wasn't like an uplifting note for you at all? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of like a redeeming kind of thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that these kids are going to get theirs?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that she'll play probably kill herself, too. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if she... You think she would? I think so. Although,
1: That's unfortunate. I, don't know. I mean, they. Yeah. I think her mission in the original cult thing was to carry on the message of the cult. I think oh. maybe they deliberately left her alive? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of got the feeling she would be like the survivor out of this one again. Yeah. Like how she yeah, was so in the maybe. cult.
1: Maybe she will be a survivor.
0: Yeah. But so that that didn't give you like any upward mobility or- <laughs> No, no it didn't. <laughs> smiles at the end.
1: <laughs> it did not. Uh, and I mean like it wasn't sad to see the dad die either, because you leave your kids alone for days with a person who is a stranger to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. For Christmas. So, yes.
1: Six months after their mom's suicide. Right. Yeah. That was very suspicious, and and you know throughout the whole
0: movie that that was one thing I had trouble reconciling is, uh, you got this dad he knows her past, and I'm not sure like why he knows because yeah as you talked about he's either a journalist or writing a book or maybe doing some research or something or it's something in his line of work. I kind of thought maybe he was like a, a doctor or like a, a therapist or something, but probably not. Um, but then yeah he's bringing her there he's like arming her and then uh, kind of abandoning her with his children. I I kind of, I I don't know, I had this feeling the whole time that he might have something to do with all this, but you're pretty convinced
1: he didn't? No, I mean, I for sure thought that was a possibility as well. But, I mean, now once it's all said and done, I'm convinced that he didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah. You still think
1: that's a possibility? I mean, we never got to really hear his side of it. (laughs) I
0: (laughs) (laughs) if he didn't
1: die. How would that look? Let's run through that scenario
0: okay so he was a part of that cult and the one person that got away well okay so someone left him a note saying one person got away and so years later he's trying to correct that or maybe revive the cult and have this all happening and so he's brought her out to this lodge to kind of reenact the whole thing maybe or maybe somehow convince his kids to uh put her in the situation because we got to bring the cult back or something maybe uh, disciples uh
1: what do you what do you think okay, all right, that's not, th- for this movie, that's not crazy far-fetched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, is it more far-fetched than like a terrible father? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what he did, yeah. Or kids trying to convince an unstable person <laughs> that they're in purgatory and that none of them can be killed even though she has access to a gun. Yeah, that's true. Now that you say it this way, it does seem very far-fetched throughout the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think for me, like, the... I mean, listeners can probably tell from my tone how I felt about this movie, but to have this be such a deep, dark, depressing movie without hope, yeah, peppered with these really illogical far-fetched situations, scenarios, and choices that the characters make, it's just like, why? Yeah, There was a while where I liked this movie, but then at a certain point I was just like, I don't care anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um... The, the part I guess like the, the aftermath of when she wakes up and they can't figure out where they are and we don't know what's going on like that didn't keep you like engaged like kind of trying to problem solve or just on your toes on like well what the hell's happening what's gonna happen next you don't think that kind
1: of kept you engaged yeah I mean this was a very different first half of the movie versus second half mm-hmm. um, like once it was clear to me that they were in purgatory or that that that's what the kids said and that was with like 30 minutes left in the movie yeah i was like i'm done like i don't care like if they really are in purgatory i don't care like (laughs) what now they like try to make it to heaven because this movie has so many religious themes yeah and then when it was a prank i was just like all right (laughs) like i I just really don't (laughs) care anymore i didn't care about a single character
0: yeah yeah yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, when they kind of validated the purgatory theory, I, I kind of felt like, oh man, that's that's lame. They just died and they've been in the afterlife the whole time. But I had the opposite effect though when it became known it was a prank because suddenly you had this like malicious kids because this whole time we've been looking at them as victims, uh, kind of surviving you know their mother, but now you kind of see them in this new light as like these two have been manipulating this uh, woman who uh, obviously has a lot of issues, and uh, now they like have to now so like gotta become like a revenge flick at some point
1: right and it, like if it was if there was any point where you liked the kids that went away then yeah yeah exactly and if you do like Grace like she's off the rails at this point so <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. who is there left to root for like that's true um yeah that's
0: True. I I guess from a character arc perspective, I I was like really suspicious of Grace in the beginning. And then like through this experience and watching her interactions with the kids, you're kind of building trust with her throughout. And then I feel like at the end, the way, you know, she gets taken by this lie and that kind of collapses. I kind of felt like, uh, as the viewer, I I like fell with her and like really like pitied her at that point. Um, you didn't go on that journey with her? No,
1: not really. I just didn't find her likable enough. Yeah. Um. Um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, just very little joy in this movie, for and it's hard for me to grab on when that happens.
0: You didn't feel a lot of joy from like those interactions she had with the kids, uh, like she's trying to bond with the daughter, talking about a dog and like relating her
1: childhood experience. Yeah, uh, and yeah, then, then the, the daughter she... shows her like a home video that's their gift to their dad, where their mom features prominently. Like, yeah, it, yeah,
0: yeah. There's
1: there's nothing nothing likable here.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know my, my heart just went out to her. like she's in this like terrible situation right uh, yeah i mean yeah.
1: I, I understand that and one if i i'll dig myself out of my own negativity here the performances all around were really good in this movie yeah yeah that's
0: one thing i thought was really good too yeah uh yeah everyone, everyone did really well here would you think of like the visual uh elements or soundtrack any, any of those work for
1: you yeah i mean it was really well done like they It's not my favorite vibe for a movie, but they really achieved it well. Like, very sparse and cold. The music really only happened during, like, transitions or sleepwalking things. That's another similarity to Hereditary and It Comes at Night. A lot of the scares or traditional horror elements come from dream sequences. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, Like her dreams and her sleepwalking.
0: Yeah, I usually hate that, too, when movies get too far into the dreams. Do you you like
1: that? No, I agree with you. I'm I'm not wild about that. Yeah. Right. Um, Uh, one positive thing I'll say too, is that I watched the, I watched this movie on father's day, (laughs) bad choice, (laughs) but I watched the first half of it. I was like, my wife took the kids somewhere and I was getting some me time. Yeah. And after the first half, it was like so grim and depressing. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I came out and I was like, hugging and kissing my kids. and like, (laughs) I love you both so much. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I, I do, I could see how there's value in this genre of movie that is so depressing Yeah That it makes you, like, appreciate life outside of the movie Yeah, interesting Like, this may yep. sound crazy, but I, I honestly feel like I've been a happier person since we have, like, taken on this podcast <laughs> yeah. endeavor I'm not, I mean, I have fun doing it, but, like, watching all these horror movies is making me appreciate every moment in my life where things aren't horrible <laughs> yeah yeah i'm with you because like
0: these movies really set the tone for like how bad things could be
1: right because i mean a lot of these are very real life scenarios like somebody yeah somebody gets sick or somebody passes away or
0: yeah right yeah and i'm glad that it's it's had an uplifting uh uh, effect
1: outside of the film yeah (laughs) but yeah when i came back for the second half i was much more down on the movie uh,
0: yeah, I wonder if watching the second half how you would have felt at that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you still would have hugged your kids afterwards. Because <laughs> that, that's I one thing... I like, <laughs> you, you were both evil and you're going to prank me. <laughs> I know. And, and that's, that's uh, a very common thread with uh, this director in Goodnight Mommy, uh, not to give away an ending or anything, but I, I don't think she likes uh, kids or something.
1: These so. movies are just so nihilistic to me. It's like they're made by people that don't like people. <laughs> I, I just i don't like that i don't like that in a movie i don't uh, yeah I, I know other people dig this stuff but this is just not my bag sure sure yeah the bar for like humanity is pretty low on this one right right you know what else
0: this kind of reminds me of is better watch out uh oh yeah yeah right right you didn't that's a good one yeah yeah but, i mean it's a it kinda goes back to like any time like you have these movies where it's like a we saw like some doll ones or ones where the kids are scary, like you're taking this uh figure that's not supposed to be very threatening and putting them kind of in a,
1: a monstrous light, I guess. Right. Yeah. But anyway, man, I'm I'm sorry I'm talking so much and ranting. What do you what did you <laughs> think of this movie? <laughs> Uh, you know,
0: it, it kept me really engaged and intrigued. Uh, and I agree with you, the performances were great all around. Uh, I thought it was a pretty unique story, though it did have a lot of similarities with like some of these other films you're talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it overall. And um, I, I, yeah, it was, I thought it was like a fun watch. And uh, I, I, I loved like how it ended too. Uh, so I had a really good time. watching It It kind of like it starts in a place of grief, but then it starts to get very paranoid and like you get anxious throughout and you don't know like what to believe. But then there is like a great explanation at the end, which I hear you like probably isn't very realistic, but at least it, it wasn't like the lighthouse or something
1: where it's like very undefined, like what happened. Sure. Um, what do you make of the dollhouse, man? What what was the role of the dollhouse in the movie? Uh, I don't know. I kind of felt like it didn't really have a role. What what did you think? For a moment I thought maybe the kids like used it to like role play the situations because Uh-oh. you see some scenes in the dollhouse that are things that are about to happen. Yeah, right. But there's no like supernaturalness to the dollhouse or anything and in the dad the end the dad like sees it. Right. And that like sparks some concern in him. <laughs> like, I don't know if he <laughs> sees is... it and realizes oh they're going to prank my my girlfriend and it seemed like it was a replica of the lodge itself
0: yeah yeah it did I you know I wonder if that's what they were using the whole time because was a time between when they decide uh the, when when they're against going to the lodge versus when they go to the lodge and I wonder if like the dollhouse is just kind of where they like m- came up with this master plan
1: right right
0: could be it yeah yeah maybe um but otherwise it just felt like a nod to hereditary for the most part yeah it did um, oh, one last thing on that theory about the dad being involved in it, the mother dying in the beginning. Like we assume it's because of the grief of like knowing her husband's moving on. Uh, but you don't think you didn't try to like tie that back at all? At all like that maybe the family's more involved than they're letting on, or maybe the kids killed the mom or convinced her to kill herself or something.
1: No, I just took it as that they were all miserable people and and that was the straw that broke the camel's back for her. Yeah, yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah. That's a that's an interesting viewpoint you got there that, yeah, you're right, dude, These were very miserable characters. Um, but I thought Grace was, like, the one, like, place of hope of, like, someone who was on the up-and-up, had a new family that she was coming into, um, but it didn't work out too well. Right. Yeah. It did not. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, all right, well, how many uh, frozen dead
1: dogs would you give this one? You know, I was tempted to give it a two because it was um, – pretty gripping for the first half, but I think I got to give it a one. I just... Wow. I need to reflect how much I dislike this type of movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you think this one was just worse than like other ones like Hereditary uh, or like it comes at night just because uh, the payoff
1: wasn't as big or the, not as interesting? I thought that the, like the production values were high, but the story itself I thought was a failure to me in a lot of ways like yeah again sounding repetitive but there's no emotional connection to the characters at least there wasn't for me and the mechanics of the story are just highly questionable sure yeah anybody of any of these characters would actually do the things they do in this movie Um, yeah so between the like just atmosphere of utter misery the entire time and the like mechanics of the plot being a little silly to me, I, it's just yeah. yeah, that makes sense, and I, I feel like that's a common critique with this genre
0: too, is uh, around like the the realistic ma- behavior of some of these uh, people
1: in these like very grief stricken roles. Right, but I mean uh, it was a it was a very well put together movie. That's hard to deny. Yeah, yeah, great production. Yeah, how many uh, what dead frozen
0: dogs do you give? Yeah, it? Uh, I was gonna give it four and a half, but uh, I think I'll I'll dial it down to four. <laughs> Just to uh, just to leave some room here, but I I, I had a really good uh, viewing experience. I, I thought it was like pretty scary and like at the same time also um, intriguing enough, which I feel like is a rare combination to come across with horror films. Usually, you kind of know exactly what's going on, and then I liked Grace's character, um, and I you know I felt for her. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'd give this four frozen dogs.
1: All right, man, biggest ratings gap we've had in months. I know it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Well, uh, anything else on The Lodge? No, I apologize to the listeners for all my rants. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. I, I think it, 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 I'm glad we're talking about this genre because I, usually I hate this genre too, but something about this one felt a little different. Yeah. and I mean, even the ones I like, they're just, they're not movies I'm ever going to watch again. Yeah. Same. I don't think I'd ever watch this one again. Yeah. And it's definitely not the same as like a fun horror movie or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Cool. Well uh that's it for our discussion on the Lodge. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find our show and we always appreciate the feedback. If you want to join in the discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or you can shoot us an email at podcast at hormovieclub.com. We're gonna be announcing next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. We're also on a Discord server where we're chatting up uh, with other listeners and horror fans, so you can find that link on our website. We have a Patreon page uh, where you can find us at patreon.com slash club. Our logo is by MMA Pop Art, so check her out on etsy.com. If you're in the Cleveland area, uh, hit up Jukebox uh, Bar in Cleveland. That's uh, where Alex Budin is, and he's the one who's delivering us our Ohio connections. And until next time, if you're headed out to a remote lodge with some new family members, Make sure uh, Brian likes one of them. Otherwise, it's going to be a long discussion <laughs> <laughs>
1: of, of tragedy. Run them all by me first. <laughs> yeah, headshots. Into- exactly. It was okay. um-